Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. First Peter chapter 1 from verse 1 to 6. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, reading from the King James, please. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. Grace, grace unto you, and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance uh, incorruptible and undefiled and that faith not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith and unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. Amen. And may God add his blessing to his holy word in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Blessed be the God of God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has begotten us again unto a lively hope. The New King James and NIV say unto a living hope. And the Amplified version says ever living hope. As I spoke in a, I said in the previous session that our hope is a living hope. As I said that we should set our hope on the grace that is to be revealed. Or that's to be brought at the revelation of Jesus. First Peter chapter 1 verse 13. Get up your loins, the loins of your minds, and set your hope on the grace that is to be revealed, or that's to be brought at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There are glorious days ahead in Colossians 1:27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I spoke about how being born again is a supernatural act of God. So God Himself initiated our birth, being born not of the will of uh, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. John chapter 1 verse 13, but of the will of God the Father. We are born again by the will of God. And so the way the wind blows and you don't know where it's coming from, you only hear the movements or can see the effects, but you don't know where it's coming from, where it's going. So is he who is born of God. For whatsoever is born of flesh, of the flesh is flesh, and whatsoever is born of God is God. Is whatever but is born of the spirit is of the spirit. So those of us who are born of God, He gave birth to us into a new and a living hope. He gave birth to us. That means this new birth we have introduces the new life of God into us. So when you are a Christian, you are not just Christian. Being a Christian is not just a religious tag. Being a Christian is a reality by birth in the spirit. We are born of God. Bible says in Galatians chapter 4, because we are sons, verse 5 and 6, because we are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son 
or the spirit of sonship into our heart, which Christ Abba Father. So our calling God Abba Father is a function of something that has happened in our spirit. It's not fundamentally or initially a mental exercise. It's more a spiritual reality. So it's from our spirits we cry out to God. His spirit bears witness, Romans chapter 8 verse 16. The spirit himself bears witness, agrees. It's, it's like agrees with our spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. We are one spirit with the Lord. In our inner man, we are perfect. In our spirit man, we are one with the Lord. That is why Philippians chapter uh, chapter 2 verse 13 talks about how we should work out our own salvation with fear uh, verse 12 and 13 we should work out our salvation work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is at, it's God who is at work in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure so when you become born again something of God has happened to you that's when it says that if any man be in Christ Second Corinthians five seventeen. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, all things have become new. So we are a new creation. We are a new people. It says that put on the new man. Hallelujah. So when you are born again, something definitely has happened to you. Behold, what manner, First John chapter 3 verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we should be called the sons of God. Yet the world does not know us. Yes, because the world did not know him. They don't know us because they don't know him. Jesus said, if you know the Father, you will know me. Or if you are, if you receive me, if you receive the Father, you receive me. So, because I came from the Father. We are of the Father. So the world that is not of the Father does not know us. They don't understand even the way we do our things. That is why it's so easy for worldly people to criticize Christians and criticize you when you are Christian. There are some people who call themselves Christians, but they are not born again. What, what do I mean? They are not actually Christians. Okay, before the eyes of God, in the sight of God, they are not the children of God. They are not part of the family of God. They just call themselves Christians because it's convenient. But they are not Christians. Being going to church, as I say, and I'll keep saying, going to church does not make you a Christian. They, and cre being a Christian is not based on what church you attend. Okay, even though what church you attend will determine the kind of doctrine you receive, which will determine the quality of your Christian life. <laughs> Somebody asked me, are there Christians in every church? I said, certainly. But there are some churches, there are more Christians in, inside it than other churches. And there are some churches, there are only a few Christians. In fact, there are some churches, the leaders and the pastors are not even Christians. <laughs> so, but there, can, there are Christians everywhere. It, it, the boundaries of Christian fellowship or Christian the, uh, the, the, the Christian family, the boundaries of Christian family are not determined by human organization. So I am in this church A and because I'm in church A, I'm Christian because you are not, in, I'm in a born again church. So that makes me born again. Sorry, May. Being a born, in a born again church doesn't make you born again. Being a born again is what makes you born again. <laughs> Being in Christ. Hallelujah. So, but watch this. Once you are born again, the new life of God has the life of God. As I said in the previous teaching, when you are born, anytime something is born, it is born. That means 
the a life has been introduced to that person. So you are born into a certain type of life. So when a goat is born or a kid is born by the uh, she-goat, that kid has the goat life. It grows up to be a goat. When a lamb is born by the cow, that lamb has the cow life. Have the cow life. When a piglet is born by the pig or the sow, it has the pig life. It doesn't have human life. In the same way, when a baby is born by a mother, a woman, that child has a human life. So now, if we are born by God, guess what? We have the divine life. Now, that divine life is very unique and very potent, very powerful, very potent and active and life. That divine life, when it enters, you watch this, it sets something into your heart or it introduces something into you or it constitutes something of God, something divine. It works it into you. It works something of God into you, constitutes something into you, which initially or originally or by nature you never had. John 3, 6, whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. So when God gives birth to you, something has been born in your spirit. And watch this. He says that blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has begotten us again, watch this, unto a living hope. Unto a living hope. So when you become born again, there is an automatic hope that is generated in you. It's called the hope of glory. The hope of glory. The hope of glory. There is something glorious. There's something wonderful. There's something fantastic. There's something amazing, indescribable ahead of us. It's glory. Hope of glory. Hope of glory. Hope of glory. Hope of glory. And so he says that he has begotten us again unto a living hope. Now watch this. There are all types of hopes. People can get hope because when a child, you know, okay, let me put it this way. When a child is born, okay, when a child is born or sometimes parents are trying for a child, they have a hope. That child, that life that has been born, it's like they, they see hope. The child will go to school. The child will grow, will be five years, a year old, five years old, 10 years old. He'll become a teenager. He'll become a young adult, finish university, get a job, or maybe end up becoming a PhD holder and end up becoming prominent in life. See, they, they see the hope of the future in the child. When life is released, it brings hope to those who have released, received their life. Now, in the same way, when God... When we are born of God, being born of God introduces hope into us. It introduces special hope into us. Hallelujah. And this is called, watch this, that that hope is called living hope. Why living hope? Remember, in Matthew chapter 16, Peter said, you are the, the Christ, the son of the living God. Please take note of the word, the phrase living God, living God. The li- living is something that God has reserved for himself because he's the living God. He's the living God. He's the God of life. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. He's the God of life. And so he's called the living God in the Bible. So the son of the living God in the book of John chapter 6, verse 69, he says that, who, where shall we go? You are the son of God or you are the son of the living God. John 69, he's called the living God. In Acts chapter 14, verse 15, he said, turn away from these dumb idols to serve the, 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 the living God. It's all over the scriptures, the living God. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, the spirit of the living God. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, it talks about you are the temple of the living God. It's amazing. Hallelujah. All throughout scriptures, you can see the living God. In First, First Timothy chapter 1, verse 17, he said, not trust in riches, but trust in the living God. In First Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, it talks about the church of the living God, the church of the living God. In First Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, it talks about the living, the living God, serving the living God. In First Timothy First Timothy chapter chapter 6 verse 17, it talks about trusting in the living God. It's, you can see throughout scripture, the living God. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12, the living God. It says that so you don't depart from the living God. Hebrews chapter um, chapter 9 verse 14, it talks about to, verse 14, 15, it talks about to serve the living God. Serving the living God. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 31. Oh, it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Hebrews chapter 22, uh, chapter 12, verse 22. It talks about the city of the living God. All through scripture, you can see the living God, the living God, the living God. And God takes himself, him being the living God. He takes himself and guess what? And mixes it with our hope and calls it the living hope. Hallelujah! It's only the living God who can give us the living hope. And guess what? We have been born again unto a living hope. <laughs> this hope is fantastic. This hope is amazing. It says that we have been born again unto a living hope. How did that happen? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When Jesus died on the cross and he resurrected, it brought new life. It brought new life. It brought new life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, it says the first Adam was a, a living soul and the last Adam was a life-giving soul. All right, a life-giving soul, a natural soul and a life-giving soul. Jesus, the, the last Adam, was a life-giving, he became a life-giving spirit, sorry. He became a life-giving, he gives life. He When he died, he became, when he resurrected, he became a life-giving spirit That so he can enter us, so he can be with us. So guess what? We have the Lord as the life-giving spirit inside us. And when he came, he didn't come into us just to give us the Zoe, the life of God. But guess what? The life of God that we have gives us a living hope, a living hope, hope that doesn't die. Doesn't matter what they they can persecute us, they can hate us, they can they can uh, uh, criticize us, they, they can put us through atrocities and tribulation. Guess what? He says that not nothing can separate us. Romans chapter eight. Nothing shall be can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Neither death, nor life, nor sword, nor peril, nor anything present or anything to come can shall be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ our Lord. Hallelujah. We. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what they do. We have been born again already unto a living hope, and so. 
you don't have to cast your focus on what you are going through. Don't put your focus on what you are going through. Don't set your eyes on what you are going through. Set your hope on what is to be revealed or what is uh, 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 the grace that is to come through the revelation of Jesus Christ. So he said that, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercies have begotten us again unto a lively hope or a living hope, watch this, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Watch this, the next verse, verse 4. Unto uh, uh, to an inheritance. So you can see the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 uh, to an inheritance and unto a living hope. Okay, they are opposite in opposition. They've been placed in opposition to each other. In other words, they're giving us a lively hope is the same as the inheritance. That's very important. Our lively hope is the inheritance. Our lively hope is the inheritance. Born again unto an inheritance, born again unto a lively hope. And so when he says that living hope, uh, uh, eternal uh, or inheritance, living hope, inheritance is the same. So he has given birth. Uh, we have been born again unto an eternal or an inheritance. It's important to understand that we have an inheritance in God. In Acts chapter 2, sorry, Acts chapter 20, verse 32, he says that I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to save you and give you an inheritance amongst the saints. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, again, you know, he prayed that I pray for you that God from this, when I heard of the, therefore, when I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for the saints, we do not cease to make mention of you in our prayers. We're asking that the, the Father, the, 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 the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ will grant unto you will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes, verse 17, that the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, Ephesians chapter 1, 17, be enlightened, that ye may know, one, the hope of his calling, but not, uh, that's that's not all you may know, two, and the, the the uh, the the glory of his of the riches of his inheritance in the saints, we the inher- God has got inheritance in us the saints, and his inheritance is rich in glory. No wonder he has called us unto glory by the Lord Jesus Christ, God by the God of all grace, who has called you unto. Glory by the Lord Jesus Christ. First Peter chapter five, chapter five, verse ten. We have been called unto glory by the Lord Jesus Christ. We we have an inheritance in the Lord. We have an inheritance. We are heirs. An heir is someone who is qualified to inherit. So we are, according to Romans chapter eight, we are heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 17, we are heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If we are sons, since we are sons, then we are heirs. We are heirs to inherit. We have been called in, unto our inheritance. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 26, verse 18, God told Paul that I'm sending you to open the eyes of uh, to open the eyes of the, uh, the, the to the Gentiles to open their eyes to turn them from the power of Satan to, to open their eyes from darkness to turn them from the power of Satan unto unto God to 
and for them to receive forgiveness of sins and guess what and inheritance amongst the saints when you get born again you are born into an inheritance inheritance i'm going to talk a bit about our inheritance but i just want to establish that the fact that we have been born again unto an inheritance hallelujah we have been born again unto an inheritance ephesians chapter 1 I read verse 17 and 18. Let's look at verse 14. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 14 says that, which is the NS which is the NS of our inheritance or is the guarantee, another word for NS is the guarantee of our inheritance until the purchased possession. We have been born again unto, let me read from verse 13. In whom you also trust that after you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, uh, of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance. It, the Holy Spirit of promise, he is the down payment of our inheritance. Let me read it from the American, uh, New American, American Standard, uh, Standard Version. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. In him, ye also after... After listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also been, uh, having also believed, you were sealed with him, with, sorry, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is giving us a pledge of our inheritance. The Holy Spirit is a pledge of our inheritance. Until, let me finish it. There's something there. As a pledge of our inheritance with a view to redemption of, with a view to the redemption of of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. So it says that the Holy Spirit is the guarantee that the promised inheritance is sure, is coming. When you have the Holy Spirit, it means that your inheritance is guaranteed. It's like down payment. It's like a, a, a surety. It's a surety. It's a down payment. It's a, a, a guarantee. It's a guarantee of the inheritance we have in in, in, in God. So we have been born again unto an in <clears throat> to an inheritance. Let me show you in Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. So chapter 3 verse 24. Colossians 3 24 says knowing that knowing that of knowing that of our Lord of our Lord ye shall receive there you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye serve the Lord Christ. You shall receive the reward of the inheritance. We have an inheritance waiting for us and is particularly and purposely reserved for us. If you look at um uh, actually, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 18, it talks about how the Jews, they had a particular type of inheritance in Abraham. But as compared to the inheritance we have, is amazing. Verse 18 says that, For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham of promise. So the inheritance that the Jews have, Really, the natural ones is not the real inheritance. The real inheritance is not based on the law of Moses, but it's based on the promise of God. Guess what? And Bible says, God gave the inheritance to Abraham by promise. Verse 29 says that, And if ye be Christ, then 
then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Did you see that? We are heirs according to the promise. And so we have an inheritance. But the way people live, it will disqualify them from entering the inheritance. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, I'm sure you'll be interested in this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. See how it puts it. We believers have been born into an inheritance. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Let me read it from um, the New American Standard Version. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Did you see that? Those people who tell you that you are born, when you are born again, the way you behave doesn't matter. You can say anything. You can do anything. You you're you're born you're born you're born again. So your spirit is perfect. Your behavior doesn't matter. Do anything. It doesn't affect your salvation. Doesn't affect your reward. Doesn't affect anything. That's a lie from the pit of hell. In the name of grace, it's grass. It's not grass. Not grace. Grace teaches us to abstain from fleshly lust. Titus chapter two verse eleven. So here, watch this. Let me read it again. It said First um, Corinthians chapter six. Verse 9. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit? See, inheritance. Your inheritance will be forfeited. You will forfeit inheritance of the kingdom of God. The righteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators nor idolaters, people who practice idolatry. Idols are all what you focus on. Your life is about idols or about <laughs> human idols and human icons. This, all That's all you worship. You worship movie stars and football stars or so-called stars. He says that, <laughs> please, let's even not even men of God. Men of God shouldn't be our idols. They, they can be our celebrities and our role models, but they shouldn't be our idols. God, Jesus Christ, is the only one we should worship. So he says that, oh, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do, do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminates, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, uh, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor uh, revilers, nor uh, uh, swindlers, <laughs> swindlers, that's an interesting one, will inherit the kingdom of God. So when you are born again, you are, watch this, let me read it, let me read the next verse to make it, such were some of you. So it doesn't matter your past. When you come in, change. Stop the fornication. Repent in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Yes, yeah, some people will not even listen to the preaching. They are busy watching other things, watching junk, this busily disinheriting themselves from the, the goodness of God and from the, from the good hope that has been reserved for us in Christ Jesus. So it says that uh, we have been born again unto an inheritance. Look at Ephesians, Ephesians 5 5. Ephesians 5 5. For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom, kingdom of Christ and of God. No, 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 no such. Let me read it. Let me read the NIV and then I'll read the uh, New English Standard Version. Uh, Ephesians 5 5. Thank you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Ephesians 5.5 says that, For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Did you see that? There you are. There you go. Some people don't like this kind of preaching at all. Satan is happy you don't like it, so you'll be disinherited or you won't inherit the kingdom. But I see you will do well. You will do well. You are delivered from satanic control, from addictions and lust. You are delivered from the addiction and power of lust in the name of Jesus Christ. Flee youthful lust and follow after righteousness, peace, faith, love with those who call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. Flee. Said the the, nevertheless, the foundation of the Lord stands firm, having the seal that God knows those who are those who are His. Second Timothy chapter two verse um, nineteen. God knows those who are His, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Iniquity is sin, practicing practicing uh, engagement in sin. Depart from it. Anyone who names the name of Christ departs from iniquity. Iniquity is the things I mentioned earlier on, in according to First Corinthians chapter six verse nine. Depart from, depart from iniquity. I know God is talking to somebody. I believe. I don't know why the thing, the the, the I, I feel I feel held up here, but I believe God is trying to turn somebody's captivity around. God is trying to deliver somebody, pastor, church leader, church worker. Depart from iniquity. Depart, break that illicit relationship. Break it. Break it and be free. Break it. Stop sinning, else sin will stop you. If you don't stop sin, sin will stop you. Stop you. It will stop you in your tracks. Stop sinning. Come, come, overcome it. Receive grace to overcome it. Receive empowerment, divine empowerment to overcome it in the name of Jesus. Receive divine empowerment because Satan is busily trying to disinherit you so you will lose your inheritance in Christ. But receive grace in the mighty name of Jesus. Um, Ephesians 5, 5. It says uh, in the new uh, English Standard Version, for you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, who or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of, of our God in Jesus' name. So the, in, when we are born again, all he's trying to say is when you are born again, you have an inheritance. You have an inheritance. We have an inheritance. Hallelujah. We are born again unto a living hope. We are born again unto an inheritance. So we have an in, in inheritance. And let me show you this as well. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 15. Hebrews 9.15. It says, As for this, uh, sorry, and for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemptions of redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they might, a day which are called, might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. We are called to receive the promise of eternal inheritance. That will be your portion. Hallelujah. Now, I need to move on from there, and then I need to show you something before I close. In Back to First Peter. When you look at First Peter chapter 1, verse 
5, verse 5, verse 9, verse 13, and then chapter 5. Let me show you something so you can know. Chapter 1, verse 5. Who are kept by the power, the power of God through faith unto salvation, which is ready to be revealed in the last day. Verse, um, verse, uh, okay, let's look at chapter 5, verse 1. First uh, Peter chapter five verse one. Elders, which um, the elders which are amongst you, I exhort, whom I'm also an elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that is to be revealed. There is something ahead of us. He said, "I'm pa- partaker of it." Look at verse four. Verse four says that, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, he shall ye shall receive a crown, receive a crown of glory, which fades not away. There is something ahead. That is coming if we serve God faithfully. There is something ahead, and the verse ten, verse ten says that. But uh, but the God of all grace, who has called us unto His eternal glory, we've been called unto a, His eternal glory. There are glorious days ahead, ma'am. Don't be worried about that son. Don't be worried about that daughter. There are glorious days ahead. So he says that blessed be God the Father of our Father and our Lord, the, the, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a, a lively hope or a living hope by by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead unto an inheritance. Now he couldn't describe this inheritance. It is too much for our mind to encapsulate or grasp. So he actually went on to tell us what the inheritance is not. He didn't tell us what the inheritance is. He told us what the inheritance is not. He says that unto an inheritance incorruptible, number one, it cannot be corrupted. And unto an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. (laughs) The inheritance is incorruptible. It cannot be spoiled. It cannot, you know, there are things that you can save, put aside, excuse me. And later on, by the time you get to it, it has corrupted or it has gotten rusty. He said, this, our inheritance is incorruptible. It stays the way it is. And guess what? He said, it's undefiled. It doesn't get contaminated. It's pure and as pure as it could always be. And watch this. It's undefiled. So incorruptible is undefiled and um, uh, undefiled and faded not away. You know, sometimes when you when you have something and leave it in the sun, the brightness of the sunlight, it begins to actually fade or it loses certain level of intensity. In life, things fade. Things lose their intensity. You can buy a new dress and it's so wonderful the first time. The second time, the third time, you realize that it's not beginning to fade away. It's beginning to get corrupted. It's beginning to change shape. Or you have that nice shoe. You begin to wear it one, two, three, four, five times. It's beginning to change. Things don't stay permanent. But he said our inheritance is permanent. Our troubles are not permanent, but our inheritance is permanent. For our uh, first, second Corinthians chapter four, verse 16, said our light affliction is where for us a far which is by for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory so it's exceeding an eternal rate of glory it does not fade it's uncorrupted it's undefiled and for things our our inheritance is incorruptible undefiled and fadeth not away and it is reserved in heaven 
just for you with your name on it. With your name, yes, I mean you. I'm talking about you. If you're born again, there's something reserved in heaven with your name on it. And just in conclusion, to throw a bit more light on our redemption. I need you to understand this, brothers and sisters. Our redemption is not just reserved in heaven for us. Our redemption, watch this, when you say it's reserved in heaven for us, most people, what comes to your mind is it has been it has been stored up and waiting for a day. No. It's not stored up and waiting till we get to heaven. No, it is reserved. It's just like electricity. Now, in my house, there is electricity coming to my house, but it's not coming from the house. It's coming from the national grid. All right. So there is power stored in the national grid for me, for my house. Once I'm connected, so the electricity I'm using now is stored there. No, it's not stored there. So one day when I become a millionaire, then I can have it. No, it's stored there for my use, a constant supply. That's why I said, let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. There is a constant, uninterrupted, unceasing flow of supply called grace. My grace is sufficient for you. Second Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you. This inheritance is reserved there, but it is for use here. And then when we get there, so it preserves us here, keeps us going. God is constantly supplying himself for us until we meet him. God is constantly supplying himself for us, supplying himself. So we have an inheritance that does is incorrupt, that is incorruptible, that does not is not is incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, and it is reserved in heaven, not reserved in the bank, not in Barclays Bank, not in 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 um uh, uh, HSBC, HSBC, not in any bank, not in the government storage, nowhere, but it is stored up in heaven, in heaven, where Jesus said, store up your riches in heaven, where no moth or thieves can break into it. It is stored, stored and it is perfect for us. He says that we have been born again unto a lively or unto a living hope. We have been born again unto an inheritance that is reserved in heaven for us. In On earth, things might not be stable. On earth, things might be shaken, but our inheritance is stable. And guess what? We are cashing in from our inheritance on, on earth. So the blessings I walk in is already reserved part of my inheritance, part of our inheritance. Don't die cheap. If But the problem is if you walk in sin, you disinherit yourself. You stop the flow of inheritance from manifesting in your life. That's what I've been saying. If you continue in sin, if you continue in disobedience, if you continue, no, if you don't continue in Christ, you disconnect yourself from the constant flow of supply. You have broken the continuum. Don't break it with sin. It looks like you, you need this sin so bad. If you do not do it, you, you are not free. That, that the lie of the devil. I pray that you receive grace by virtue of our inheritance. Receive grace to be kept. I'm, I can't wait to move on the, in the next teaching.
mentioned, how we are kept by the power. The power that saved us is the same power that is keeping us. But we, we have an inheritance and we are kept for that day. There is a day coming. There is a day coming. Our inheritance is in God. Not in, his, not in our job. Our inheritance is in God. Not, it's not in any economy of any nation. Our inheritance is in God. Not in our certificate, the certificates. Our, our, our inheritance is in God. Not in our bank accounts. Our inheritance is in God, reserved, unfaded, unfading. It faded not, it fades not away, incorruptible and uh, uh, untouchable, reserved for us. It has been reserved for us. It's been reserved for you. And I prophesy that God will give us grace so we never lose hope. Don't lose hope. Keep your, eye, keep your eyes on the inheritance that we have been born into. We have been born into a living hope and an inheritance. We have been born into a lively hope. A living hope and an inheritance. Born again into a living hope and uh, an inheritance. Born again into a living hope and an inheritance. Born again into a living hope and an inheritance. I pray that God will help us all. God will strengthen you to keep your focus on Jesus. To keep your focus as you go through persecution. As you go through difficult times. As you go through worrying times. As you go through disturbing times. As you go through confusing times. I pray that God will strengthen you to keep your eyes fixed on the inheritance ahead. God will strengthen you for you to walk in the life, living hope, living hope, living God as himself to your hope, to make your hope a living hope. Hallelujah. That is built around God, reserved in heaven for you in the mighty name of Jesus. There is hope for your future, my sister. There is hope for your job. There is hope about your career. There is hope for your marriage. Yes, my brother. Yes, my sister. There is hope for your family. There is hope for your, uh, for your having children. There is hope for you. There is hope hope for your future financial situation. There is hope for you. There is hope for your family. There is hope for your business. There is hope for, for your church. Pastor, there is hope for your church. There is hope for your ministry. There is hope for your ministry. There is hope. There is hope because we have been born again into a living hope. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray that Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, Follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Karis Church and subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.